And we are officially back with another episode. <laughs> I feel like I've been MIA for a couple of weeks. Honestly, I work a lot. Well, I don't want to say that I work like a lot, like I'm not overworking, but the podcast is like my muse and I love being on this podcast, but I have a mind that works a lot. So I'm always like head in the clouds, dreaming, fantasizing, and, you know, sharing my voice in all different ways. And so sometimes we need a little break from the podcast because it's a lot. It's a lot of work. And I have episodes that I have not even, um, put out because I am doing other things. So welcome back. I'm happy to be here. And I always say I'm going to try to be more consistent. Not that I haven't been, but I'm happy to be here. So welcome to the Pleasure Queen podcast. If you are new here, my name is Emily Whiteside, and I'm happy to have you in my world. If you have not subscribed yet, make sure you do because usually we have podcast episodes going out every week and sometimes we skip a couple weeks because life gets in the way and I have been so busy with travel and integrating things from Maui and Oahu and new ideas and things being birthed inside of the Pleasure Queen brand which is really exciting honestly we have some really big things in the works that have to do with in-person. That's like my vibe lately is like, I just want to be in person with people. So I'm excited for what's to come and always the best way to stay up to date with programs and in-person things and private mentorship and just like daily musings are on either my Facebook page or on my Instagram at PleasureQueenXO. That's really where I hang out daily, but this podcast is the only place where I have very special conversations that I don't put anywhere else. So my podcast is like Pandora's box. It is like a secret little underground speakeasy where I just share the most delicious conversations, and I'm excited to have you here in my world. So welcome back to the podcast. My name, I think I already said, is Emily Whiteside. I can't remember. My brain is not really functioning this morning fully, but I have this really good conversation for you with one of my friends and feminine embodiment leaders, Echo Summer Hill, who I was actually in a mastermind with last year. And she's absolutely incredible. So I'm excited for you to get your ears on her work, get your eyes on her work, and just hear this really beautiful conversation that we have around spirit, soul, sex. We talk about everything from like calming our nervous system and tuning in to deep sexual awakenings and tapping into your sensuality. So you're in for a ride in this conversation. I'm really excited for it. That being said, the month of April is all about flirtation and the inside of the Pleasure Queen brand. So I feel like this conversation is definitely on brand for the month 
And the special thing is if you're inside of the Magnetic Muse membership, all of the mini programs and series that we run inside of the membership are focused on flirtation. So this month of April, we are speaking about how to flirt better or how to flirt our way to our desires. We are having a series focused on dating like a goddess, whether you're in a relationship or you're single, especially for my single ladies. Um, and then we are speaking on how to really tune into our power and let go of any anxious attachment that we might feel or codependency that we might feel in relationships. And those relationships can be with our work, like in business, or they can be in actual romantic relationships or friendships. It's really about tuning back within. And a lot of you know my work here is to tune women back into their power, things like flirtation and romance and seduction, because not only does that help us feel more whole, but it also helps us run more successful brands and businesses. So my work is for the woman, but it outpours and overflows into every area that we want to have success in. So I'm excited for you, if you're inside of the Magnetic Muse membership, to tap into these series. And if you're listening after April, I want you to know that all of the replays you have access to when you join the Magnetic Muse membership. So you have access to the mini program like Pussy Church, the mini program Sexy Money Mastery. You have access to Livian Rose, which is the walk with goddess becoming the chosen one. And of course, all of the flirtation series that we have and hold inside of April's conversations. Every single month are new mini programs and or series mixed with a monthly Q&A. So every month is focused on a different frequency that we can play with and unwrap in our bodies and our lives. It's kind of like owning a new code within you, right? Like unlocking a new code within you and seeing how that plays out into your life. So April is all about flirtation. In May, since it's my birthday month, of course, I'm a Taurus, we have a really special series in May. We are going to be focused on the body actually. So really tuning into conversations and mini series or programs centered around like freedom in your body, like the manifestation of your dream body, the letting go of restriction and rules. This is total liberation and I'm really excited for it. So you can join the Magnetic Muse membership. I'll link you below and this will give you access, like I said, to all replays that we have done for past series. They're very easy to access monthly new masterclasses, mini program series. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's multiple conversations going on every month. And of course, a monthly hot seat coaching Q&A that we do. I'm really excited for it. It's so much fun inside of this year-long membership. So if you're not in, this is my muse. This is my world. This is really where I share all of the powerful energy around everything we need to step into fully being the woman. 
I'm excited for it. And we also have the Rich Slut Mastermind going on as well. That is going to be opening soon, so you can come and join us. It's a pop-up six-week mastermind really focused on the seductress energy. Um, You can find more information below. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. I don't talk a lot about my programs and masterminds specifically inside of the podcast platform, but just so you know, every single thing that I do, I share on my social media pages. It's very easy to access there. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, make sure you screenshot it, share it with Summer or Echo, Summer Hill, and I. Um, and you can find us on Instagram. I'll link both of our platforms below. Let us know that you're tuning in and listening so we can celebrate you, connect with you, and all of the things. I love you guys so much and enjoy. Welcome to the Pleasure Queen Podcast your experience into the divine feminine magic. I am your host, Emily Whiteside, the Pleasure Queen. I've taught hundreds of women how to connect deeper into their pleasure, their sensuality, and authentic expression, to tap into their goddess energy. In this podcast series, we explore what it means to be an empowered woman and talk about everything from sex to pleasure to wealth to energy to entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to have you here on this journey. Now let's get intimate. So Echo is here, one of my soul sisters from a mastermind we were in together. And I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Me too. Me too. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And we do such similar work too in different ways, of course, different expressions of it, but you are such the embodiment of the divine feminine. So I feel like this conversation today is going to be so like heart and sacral, just like a divine feminine conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very parallel paths, like you said, with with different practices. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I have just a few questions to kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I need to name these questions something, but I don't know what I should name them. Like, I don't know. I'll figure it out in another day. But I have a questions to ask you. Um, I feel like I come up with different questions depending on who my guest is. And these ones channeled through me. So I'm really excited to see your responses to them. So first one, what's your favorite way to like ground your energy or to bring yourself back to peace after a little bit of chaos? Oh, meditation for sure. Um, meditation's my number one sacred practice. And silent meditation in particular, not guided, not music, like purely in a state of connecting to my pure consciousness without any, even of, like I said, the guided meditation, the voices, the songs, like I sit in silence and really just focus on grounding in and connecting with my higher self. It's truly I'll do it in the middle of the day. If some, you know, if my son's acting out or or something's just filling off, like I will just escape for 15 minutes and get back on track. And it's truly just sitting in that piece of peace of soul, you know? Mm, I love that so much. I never do silent meditations. I feel like I always have like music going on in the background of some sort. So that's a really, really good option. Yeah. And it's something that I teach my clients a lot too, because we, 
meditation is like clearing the mind of like thought, right? The human thoughts and really connecting with our higher self. And so often over my years of practice and meditation, I realized I was using the guided or the music as almost like another form of a crutch for myself. And it's truly uncomfortable to sit as human beings, because we're so used to all the distractions of the world in pure silence. And it's more challenging, but the depth that you can go can be that much further into connecting with your higher self or your guides or whatever, because there is no external forces like feeding into you. It's, it's purely you and your soul. Totally. Do you, have you ever done a float tank? No, but I, it's on my list since we moved to our new town. It's on my list. Yeah. I feel like that it's been on my list too. And I just haven't, I just haven't scheduled one yet, but there's one right in my city. And I feel like that's a really beautiful way for silent meditation is to do something like that. I bet that's incredible. Um, My friend that I met in Hawaii was telling me she did like a, I forgot it was like a week long or like something like that where they would meditate in silence for 12 hours of the day. And they couldn't lay down. They had to sit. And I was just like, that sounds like pure torture. <laughs> like, yeah. I cannot yeah. do that. And so, Joe, does, Joe D does a lot of that where they do 8, 10, 12 hours of meditation. And it's, it sound, it's a, that would be a challenge for anybody, like I feel, that's even seasoned in meditation. That's a long time to be yeah. in that space, but the breakthroughs that come out the other side of that are incredible. I'm sure. Oh my God. I'm, I couldn't even imagine like what would come out on the other side, but I don't feel like I can't <laughs> not ready for that yet. I don't blame you. Okay. So I feel like my favorite way to ground is yoga. Also tea ceremonies I've been doing a lot lately. And those have been a really beautiful way to like, use like a plant medicine that's not like magic mushrooms because (laughs) my experience with magic mushrooms is not a good one. Oh no. (laughs) Oh my God. I I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but (laughs) I, it was just, I think I overdosed a little bit (laughs) on the psilocybin side of things, but plant medicine feels very like grounding for me because it's not altering my state, but I can still tap in. Um, And it feels like there's like another presence, whether it's like my presence or it's like a goddess or, or something. I like, I love doing tea ceremonies lately. Do you do cacao cacao or herbal teas or I do do, um, herbal teas, but I also cacao. I have, I used to use cacao all the time. I haven't, I don't know. I feel like cacao for me is such a winter time. Yeah. Thing. Doesn't yeah. it feel like that? So oh. I like to do like herbal teas in the springtime um, and then more cacao in the cold months. Beautiful. I love it. It's really beautiful. And of course, like doing it in like lingerie, like making it really beautiful. I think that's important too, is like that, that blend of like beauty and even like materialistic things with meditation can like alter that sense of like, it doesn't have to, I don't know. It just makes it more beautiful. It makes the experience more alive. Yeah. Setting up the container for its purest, most beautiful, luxurious state. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's making everything more, I don't know, sexy, I guess. Yes. 
Um, next question. What's your favorite way to get into turn on or your like inner radiance? Mm-hmm. Lingerie has become a thing. You were a big inspiration for that. I remember when we first met, I was like, where do you get all your lingerie? <laughs> um, yeah, lo- getting in lingerie and doing mirror work really helps that, like really tuning into the physical essence that I have. And then obviously connecting with soul always, but really set, like you just talking about with the tea ceremony, it's really setting the tone, right? Setting the environment, beautiful music. You know, I've got a whole playlist dedicated to like pleasure codes and all the things. So definitely lingerie, mirror work, music, candles, essential oils, all the things just to feel that, from the, for me, it's about connecting the physical with the spiritual, right? So it's like going into the other realms, but like we are in this vessel for a reason to experience it. And so to me, it's really important to, like you said, to fill, fill the energy through like lingerie or like a silky robe or something that really just connects the physical essence. Yeah. It's life-changing when you can start bringing like sexuality and sensuality into the spiritual world. And I think that's something we'll definitely talk about today. But for me, for sure, it's lingerie. There's nothing better than like sitting in front of a mirror, especially like if you're working through a lot of blocks around like sexuality or blocks around confidence or image, sitting in front of a mirror in like this really beautiful atmosphere and like sending yourself so much love. Right. And I think too, um, something I was sharing on a different podcast episode was like actually staring at my pussy in the mirror, like completely getting naked and just looking at it. And I remember like the first time I did it, I had never looked at my own pussy ever in my life. So it was just like, this is kind of like, it feels forbidden. It feels dangerous to do this, mm-hmm. but it's so empowering. I yeah. can all these reminders on my, there we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, the mirror work is huge. And then, you know, like you said, the naked mirror work and getting, getting vulnerable with yourself and connecting. And then, and then that allows you with a partner too, to, to go even deeper as well. So I think that's a, that's a big deal. You have to fill that within yourself before you can have somebody else enter into that vortex, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like that would be a good conversation too, is like, you know, the, the, because you've been married and that's something that we can move into later, but it's like sex can so change when you tap into your comfortability with your own body and your sexuality, mm-hmm. instead of it being this like thing we have to perform all of the time. Yes. It becomes more natural when you have that, that self-connection. Yeah. And it becomes, like, that's all that matters. And then you build upon that with somebody else to bring in the union piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dance instead of like, okay, I just have to do a chore or <laughs> like, here's my next action. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, what means the most to you in this world? Mm. There's a lot that means the most, but to me, it is my connection with my soul and with God, like my spiritual journey, my soul journey, my soul work is number one. And then of course my family. And I say the spiritual and the soul work, cause I truly believe like that's gotta be my foundational work. Like the inner work, the spiritual work has to be my foundation to then give my family the best, you know? So it's like me first, 
mean my soul first and then my family mean obviously the world to me, but I would never sacrifice my inner work, my soul work for anyone, not even my family. (laughs) So it's definitely the soul work. I love how you put that and like unapologetically, it's like me, (laughs) that is my number one thing. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. When you're in overflow and you're connected to higher consciousness, love your soul, your, you can open more to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get to come, you get to give from, and it's so cliche, but you, you know, so many people pour from the empty cup, they put themselves last realizing that they're just putting themselves in an energetic deficit every single day. And then they wonder why they're burned out, exhausted, overwhelmed, no sex drive, unhealthy, overweight, like all these things. And you realize you've literally, you're putting yourself in a deficit every day. Cause you're, we're, we've been programmed to put other people first because that's the good girl thing to do, right? That's the good thing to do is to people please and to overgive and all this thing. And I lived that for a really long time. So I know that's the case, but everything expands when you put yourself first, because then you're giving your family, your friends, your partners, your clients, the best version of you instead of the tired, exhausted, half-assed version, right? Totally. Yeah. I feel like for me, what's, I've been sitting with this a lot lately, just like in my healing journey of like what means the most to me in this world And like the most, I mean, that's like, it's hard to even answer that. But I think for me, it's just connecting to love, but like how I, like who I am and like relationships. Like I think we came to this planet to connect, whether it's to connect to our soul work or it's to connect to other people. And I started to really see like, who am I? Like, I know who I am in my soul journey and my soul work, but like, who am I as a sister or as a friend? Who am I as a daughter, as a lover? And it made me like really start to sit in my awareness of like connection is so important for me. And when I'm of course connected to my soul, I can be more connected to other people, Mm. but it kind of like put that reminder of like, wait a second, who am I being in this relationship right now? Cause it's easy to I think at our level of soul work, it's easy to be like, okay, these thoughts don't serve me right now. But right. I think the the deeper layer is like, wait a second, like, who am I being in this relationship when things don't go my way? Or who am I like, can I make this person feel more special and not from a place of people pleasing? Because I think we were both all women really were in people pleasing uh-huh. energy. Um, and that's when you're like, overcompensating but when you come to a place of like releasing the good girl and releasing the people pleasing and then you on the other side start working on relationships it's really really beautiful to see like there's so much more available to us in relationships so much more debt to be had so much more union and connection and unity and also when you do that too you realize there truly is no separation right? There's, there is, there is, we're, we're supposed to believe in the separation of all of us and duality and um, polarity and all this thing that's going on in our world. But when we are truly connected to our heart and soul, and we're showing up in those relationships as our higher self, and like you said, holding space and working, actually doing the work 
of if things aren't comfortable, how are we going to show up? Are we going to run away? Are we going to pout? Are we going to do all these things? You know, are we going to feel abandoned? Whatever it may be. But when we can feel the oneness of, of showing up as our fullest self, our fullest expression of love, no matter what, even when it is uncomfortable, that's what creates the union. That's what brings us all together. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. That was such a good, good explanation. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, goodness. That's a good question. <laughs> Holy moly. Guilty pleasure. Gosh, probably, dang, I don't know. What is my guilty pleasure? I know because like this, maybe it just doesn't feel guilty anymore because we're so like. (laughs) I mean, because, I mean, there's been so many things. I don't know if I have a guilty pleasure. Mm. Mm, Maybe cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Cupcakes. Tacos. (laughs) tacos oh my gosh fish tacos are my life I love oh I love fish tacos yeah Mm. I I mean like you said I think that I've probably done so much of this healing work around like if it's if it's pleasurable there's no guilt right or if it's if I I want something like then I get it guilt-free right so I think totally. that's a good question. That's a good question, though. That's a good yeah. Question. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, wait, what a second. Like, I used to have guilty pleasures, but now I'm like, I don't feel guilty having those pleasures. But I feel like for me, it might be something like that I know isn't healthy, but I so soak into like doing it anyways, which would be like trash TV. Mm. You know, keeping up with like I don't watch the Kardashians, but I imagine like. A show like that is like my guilty pleasure, although I don't have one off the top of my head right now, but I would say probably trash TV, something dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. I I loved reality TV like 10 years ago. I was like, totally. I was like, grew up in like the real world time, like when real world on MTV and like all the things. And then I got into the housewives for a little while, but then I just could not my nervous system couldn't handle the drama. I just can't do the drama anymore. Like it, it really like, it's just not, it does not serve me. And it makes me feel like crap, honestly. Oh my God. Totally. I, I, so I couldn't, I could never watch housewives or keeping up with the Kardashians. Cause I always felt it was just like me feeding toxicity. I just can't, I can't believe that people live their life like that. Although, although like, I feel like a lot of it is filtered for TV. For sure. They, they set the scene. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, what's your simple pleasure? <sighs> simple pleasure. Honestly, it's probably goes back to, I spend a lot of time in the soul work. I spend a lot of time in my Zen den. I spend a lot of time meditating and journaling and just sitting and being, um, that's like what brings me the most simple pleasure that plus being outside, like being in nature, have my feet in the ground. I love being barefoot everywhere I can. Um, just like the basics, like not needing anything, right. Just mother nature or resident where I can literally just sit on the floor and meditate or journal and just like be like, that's, that's the ultimate pleasure for me. is just being. Oh, I love that so much. I feel that I was going to say nature 
anything that that just brings me into a state of like peace, my cup of tea as I read poetry. I love all of that. And last one, what's your favorite crystal right now? Ooh, that is a good question. So I'm, I'm like a big rose pink quartz girl. (laughs) So I have rose pink quartz like everywhere and I just, it to, in the alchemy world, like, which is part of my work is being an alchemy practitioner, like rose pink quartz, it's like symbolizes love. So if I can put love everywhere, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. You are like the living, breathing human of rose quartz. Like that is the, when I see you like in your content and your work, I'm like, she's just rose quartz. Like that's just what you are. Thank so you. it shows Thank it's like. You your soulmate. I've been loving rose quartz too. And it's funny because I've, I've been holding this for a few days and I wonder if it's because I knew this interview was coming and it was just, you know, connected to your soul, but that it's raw. I love raw crystals like that. Yeah. I I feel like you can really feel their energy that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So let's, I want to open up the conversation that you were speaking. There was two things that really like spoke to me in some of the questions and it was blending of soul and sex Mm -hmm. and then, um, sex within partnerships. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think we can start with the blending of soul and sex. I feel like, um, at least like growing up as a woman, sex is something of course that's so taboo but it's also this like dirty thing like when we see ads for like vibrators or lingerie even it's like masculine it's surface level and so I think like a lot of us think it's like either or like we're either like doing becoming sexy you know for a man's viewing or whatever, or we're doing the soul work and we kind of push off the pleasure. And so my take on it, and I'd love to hear yours, is that like pleasure is this higher expression of soul. Like I couldn't have resonated with sex in a spiritual way until I did like all of the soul work, the grounding work. And now I feel like it's that higher expression of like my authenticity and myself. Mm. Um, And it blends to like both desire and who we truly are at the core. It's like a really powerful. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm, and I mentioned this kind of off, off camera before is like, I'm going like, I'm in the depth and I'll have to tell you more details off the screen. <laughs> but I'm go I'm like in the like the depth of a sexual awakening right now that I've never experienced in my life. I was talking to our friend Tasha about it, and she's like, "That's how I felt a few months ago, and you you were wishing for it." And I'm like, "Well, now it's here. <laughs> like, what do I do with all of this?" Um, but it's true, and I truly believe. So something I was actually teaching on um, with some clients the other day through the soul and sex work is a lot of time. What I think is no matter what it was, whether it was bullying or like me, sexual abuse or trauma or whatever that women have endured in this lifetime, or it could be as simple as the comparison game, you know, comparing yourself to the Instagram models and beating yourself up when you look in the mirror, whatever it is, it doesn't always have to be like this deep traumatic thing. But what I feel the, the work is the soul work 
to then bring in the pleasure of the sex, the sexual experiences, the sensuality is feeling safe in your body. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the thing that I think sparked this sexual awakening that I'm going through now is I finally feel safe in my body, which is huge because I've been with my husband for nine years almost. Right. And I literally at 38 years old this week, in the last four days have felt purely safe in my body. Now I've had tastes of it, right. Where I've tapped into pleasure in this moment or that, but like, I'm like walking around in a state of pleasure and desire And I'm sure you know how that feels because you are the pleasure queen, but I'm over here going, oh, so this is what this is supposed to feel like. But it truly wasn't until I felt safe in my body because what happens is is when we have something traumatic happen or we're always stuck in that comparison game and we haven't done the soul work to feel safe, then we cut ourselves off from feeling the pleasure that we truly desire and deserve. And the soul work leads to you opening up to more layers of pleasure. And I've, like I said, I've been on this journey for years and years, but I'm at this like, so there's no coincidence we're doing this, this podcast interview. It's like, I'm at this like precipice of it now. And I'm, I'm realizing I didn't know what was possible before because I was missing that pure pleasure, desire, devour state. Right. But now it's like our connecting to our pleasure. You realize like we were designed to feel this way. Like our creator, whatever you believe in designed us to walk around and live a life of bliss, pleasure, joy, love, all of this abundance. And there's so many women, as you know, and I'm sure your clients, you work with them. It's like are missing. They, they're just missing that piece. You know, it's like the pleasure piece is not, not a part of their life or it's been so stifled or covered up with things that are unhealed because they're not doing the soul work, right. That they're just not experiencing it to the fullest. Oh, that's so good. I feel like We've never been taught like pleasure. We've never been taught to experience pleasure. It's not something that's, it's something that's innate in all of us, but something that society has never taught. So it feels like after we go through deconditioning ourselves, we Mm -hmm. start to experience what real pleasure actually is. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to just see that in like life now of like, I give myself permission to have this and feel this way. Like this was all just permission. Um, And so many of us, like we feel like I hear it all the time. Like I don't feel sexy. I don't feel like I can wear lingerie. I don't see the point in it. It's like just for the bedroom, just for a man. And it's like, we're taking like the energy of lingerie into our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful thing. It like opens. And that's probably why we've had to, um, reschedule the podcast episode. Yeah, I knew it was going to be something because it was so divine timing. I knew yeah. it. <laughs> no coincidence. And yesterday I, I led a two hour transmission on helping women connect to their psychic abilities and like their telepathic channels and psychic channels and all this. And I did it in like a black lingerie, like bodysuit with like really cute shorts on. And I was like, yes, but it's, 
it is that. And society not only doesn't teach us real pleasure or pure pleasure, they actually, like we talked about in the beginning, make it taboo, make it bad, Mm -hmm. make it slutty, make it promiscuous, make it you're a whore, whatever, right? So like there's all these things that we're taught, but yet at the same time, they're contradicting themselves because look at Hollywood. But yet normal people aren't allowed to express themselves in a way without being called a name. I mean, you, you were called the rich slut, right? It's like, (laughs) we're not, but you nailed it with the permission. We just have to give ourselves permission. And what I always say is like, you're, if you're scared, what's on the other side of you doing it scared or working through this fear, healing this fear. Well, they might call me a name. Well, how's that going to feel any different than the uncomfortable fear you're sitting in now? It's not. You've already, you're already at the plateau of the pain or whatever, because you're already making up the stories in your head about what somebody could say. So put yourself in the position. What if they do call you names or say something about you or spread rumors or gossip or all the BS that goes on out there? You're going to be able to handle it because it's already in here in your head. You right. Know? Yeah, exactly. I always get asked that question. Like, do you, like, what do you do when people... I mean, I get comments every day, like put clothes on or you're a slut or whatever. And it's just like, it doesn't affect me. Mm. Like, is it annoying to get those comments? Yes. Do I delete them? Yes. Because I don't want people to like listen to my interview with me and Tasha speaking and then get blocked on on Facebook or whatever for all the things that come out of our mouths. But (laughs) especially Tasha is like so funny. Her analogies were like making me like cry laughing yesterday but hilarious yeah I feel like when people are giving you like backlash it's just it it doesn't once you're really tapped into pleasure it doesn't affect you anymore I mean it's just and you know it's just their own insecurity it's that it's their deep-seated fears that are projecting out it's like you're holding up a mirror of of something that they would never be brave enough or think they could do but they're, they're intrigued, you know, like behind the scenes, they're infuriated because it's triggering something very deep and unhealed within them. Mm -hmm. Totally. I've had people that have, when I first started, I think it was like last year, because I was in the mastermind with you still. And I was changing everything. It was like the first time I posted like nude pictures on social media. Mm -hmm. And I was changing everything over to like the pleasure work and really owning like who I am in my brand. And I remember people were like messaging me, like I do not resonate with these naked pictures and Mm-hmm. I, I don't like your work anymore. And then they'd come back, not all of them, but some of them would come back like a month or so later and just say, I'm really sorry. Like it triggered me so much that it forced me to look within myself and like, why am I so uncomfortable with nipples on the internet? <laughs> you know, yeah, and I've been there too. Yeah. And it's them being uncomfortable with their own body though. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that's fully in their power, confident, calm, cool, collected, whatever you want to say, somebody that's truly in their power is not swayed by anything else. Like that when you're in your sovereignty and you know your truth and you're confident in who you are, no matter if you like to show skin or not, what other people are doing, if they're posting nudes, if they're promoting their OnlyFans, if they're talking about their million dollar month, if they're if they're talking about their $5,000, whatever it is, you're not swayed by that. And if you are, you sit with it, you sit with the trigger and ask yourself the tough questions. Why is this triggering me? What is this? Where's this coming from? 
right? Because a lot of times it's not like, well, they're just being disrespectful. No, it's like deep, deep stuff. And so, but people that are in their sovereignty in connection with their higher self, they, you're not swayed like that. So it is, it's like you triggered them and then they probably went in, did the work or started to recognize the work and then come back around. And and it's beautiful. That's how it's supposed to be, right? We're not supposed to, we're supposed to shake things up. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I think we are here. Like, brand wise too, is like just how we live our lives can be triggering to people, whether it's like how much money you make or what you choose to wear. It's like, we're a living embodiment of being a mirror for other people, you know, if they're insecure, it's a lot to hold sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I've actually been, you know, I've been talking to Tasha and I need to talk to you about it too, behind the scenes. Cause like with this sexual awakening that I'm feeling and all of this pulsing through me, it's like, I have this desire to showcase more of that side of me online. And it's, and it's a little nerve wracking because what are they going to think? And even as somebody that's even been in the coaching industry for 12 years or been in a leadership position for all this years, being like totally sovereign and, and really not giving two craps what anybody thinks, there's still that little piece that's like, okay, because I see my girlfriends like you and Tasha getting backlash or getting kicked off the media. And it's like, you know, it's like, those are things you have to ask yourself. Are you willing to be true to yourself and like still take the heat? And the answer is always yes, you know, because true to yourself is better than anything. Totally. Yeah. And it would feel like, like for me, like if I didn't start showcasing it, it felt like then everything I was doing was a lie. Like it felt like I was holding back so much. So it just felt like it wasn't to prove anything. It wasn't like I want to start posting naked pictures to get more eyes on me or get more seen. It just felt like the next step in my, in my work to do. And I couldn't do it by hiding in the closet anymore. Yeah. So it is like, it's like, yeah, totally that next step. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned safety in the body was like a huge piece of you stepping deeper into your sexual awakening and like sensuality. What does feeling safe in your body mean? Like what, how does that feel? And what does that look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it truly is like, so I do a lot of work with women around creating wealth with a calm central nervous system, right? With the divine masculine and the divine feminine really anchoring in both so that you're in this calm state. So for me, the safe body is being open sexually, sensually, and in that form with a calm central nervous system. So it is the healing work because before I can be calm as a cucumber, but when sexual things were happening or doing, I was still in a restricted state. I was still like this versus this, which to me, this is safety because this is freedom. This is like, I'm powerful enough. I'm expanded open enough to receive pleasure, to give pleasure, to to do all the things in whatever way I want to do it because I am safe. I'm expanded. I am powerful. And it's, it truly being safe in the body was finally taking back my own power and kicking out the, for me, it's been a lot of, so for me, it was like, I was abused, like growing up as a child, I was sexually abused. And then I, you know, I was raped at 14 and then raped again at 27. And so 
I, I know I was put on this earth to endure a lot of sexual trauma as a portal for the collective and to heal this and to help other women heal through this. So for a lot of times, especially after my last rape, and it was right before I met my husband, three months before I met my husband, I finally just went closed off. And I have not felt safe since then. And my husband is divine masculine. He's sexy. He's big, burly man. Um, but it was my own work to do. And for me, feeling safe was taking back my power and finally healing those deep wounds of, of truly what you've helped me see a lot of is that the sensuality, the sexuality doesn't have to be taboo and it shouldn't be right. Because for so long, we're told that by society, that if you are a sexual being, if you are showing lingerie, if you are, then you're a slut. Mm-hmm. Or you're a whore, or you're, you know, you're whatever you are, whatever they deem us, right? And so, as women, it makes us contract even more and hide in the closet and <laughs> do all the things. And so, to be safe in your in my body has felt like pure in, empowerment, taking back my power, opening up all my channels to receive pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, exploring new things, and feeling confident that I'm meant to explore deep pleasure and to be a part of deep pleasure and feeling safe in that is truly like being open to it Mm. versus this feeling, the restrictive feeling that I lived with for so long. Wow. Yeah. I, I resonate with that very deeply. And I think that for a lot of us, like a magnetism and radiance stems from sexual energy and your connection to your sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of women have coding that sexuality is unsafe Mm -hmm. because of traumas that we have had to endure. And although those were very unsafe and horrible, like traumas that have happened, we can find safety in magnetism and radiance and feel like sex and being sexual doesn't have to take away from us anymore. Like it doesn't have to take away our soul. It doesn't have to make us hide and like shut down anymore. Instead, like we get to be even more safe, even more bold, even more in our boundaries than ever before as we tap deeper into our sexuality. It's almost like a, um, you're, you're throwing out like the patriarchal system, like you're giving it the middle finger and you're just like, F all of this. Like I'm going to be sexual and safe. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really empowering to be in that space. Yeah. And to me, that is that divine feminine. It's stepping into that, that queendom, that goddess energy of like, I'm here and I'm powerful and I'm sexual and I'm this and I'm that, and I get to be all of it. Right. And, and I think for a long time too, I equated like the sexual sensuality is like the, which is what I needed work in, like the playful, like, and I was so in the imbalanced masculine for so long that that just wasn't a piece. And now over the years, as I've drawn out my divine feminine, for me, this was the next step of really, truly being an empowered woman with sexual energy, with pleasure and sensuality and all that without thinking it makes me weak. That was a big key for me. Right. Like I can be the goddess, like sex kitten and still be super powerful and make a lot of money and run an empire. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think we get to hold that duality of both 
Yeah, we get to be it all. Mm -hmm. And I love like the different, I don't know if you feel this way, but I was sitting with just meditation and, and myself the other day and I was thinking of how like I'm running a mastermind right now called the rich slut. And so we like my intention of that like frequency is like sexuality, like that bold sexuality, like the sex kitten taking over the world. Mm -hmm. But I had this realization when I got back from Hawaii that like, I am so much that like seductress archetype, but I'm also that like flirty, like sundresses and laughing and carefree and playful too. And so I think that women have to understand that sexual energy is not just black lingerie Mm -hmm. and, you know, deep, you know, whatever. It can be this very flirty, carefree, like little girl energy. Like we get to express that too. So it's kind of fun to take on like all the different archetypes of sexuality and we go through different phases, even like throughout the day. Like I can be in black lingerie, like performing sex magic one moment. And then the next I'm in my big white fluffy robe, reading poetry and lighting candles. And it's like, it's both sexual, but different like aspects of sexuality. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I think that's kind of what we, one of our big messages that we have in common throughout the years is we get to be it all. Like we get to be it all, do it all, have it all. And they're that we, we have to really lift the blinders, lift the limits, lift the bound boundaries around what we think is acceptable or what we think is one way or the other. And like truly get into the play of it and have fun with it and explore and try different things and, and find what you like. You know, you may like being in the black lingerie more than the flirty sundresses or whatever it may be, but doing what truly fuels you. Yeah. Or both. You can wear the black lingerie with a flirty sundress over. Yeah. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And then you have both best of both worlds. Exactly. Exactly. So with, I mean, I'm single, so I can't speak really to, because I had my biggest, most breakthrough of sexual expression or sexual awakening when I was single. Mm. Um, and I haven't been in like a long-term relationship since. So it's hard for me to speak to relationships, but what I know from my sexual awakening and really like stepping into owning my sensuality and all of that is that I get more comfortable with things like confidence in the bedroom and, and telling the partner that I might have what I want, where in the past it was so much like, what do you like? And I was just completely silent. (laughs) I'm like, whatever you want to do is fine. And I couldn't, like, I was embarrassed. I was um, worried that my stomach looked fat or the experience wasn't good for him. And it was so much like, yes, I get to have this like little orgasm sometimes, but the rest of the experience just feels like blah. Right. And so how has like, once you had the sexual awakening and you've kind of went from like constriction in the pussy to like full opening of the pussy, how has sex changed for you? (laughs) Besides the frequency? um, (laughs) No, it's been so good. So my husband is a very sexual being always has been like always has been. And so now we're joking, like now I know how you feel like you're (laughs) 
horny and turned on all day, every day. Like, what is this? And so obviously the frequency, but it is, it is a lot of that. We've had really in-depth conversations around fantasies and what I'm open to, what he desires. And, and he even came out and said throughout this work, he said, you know, I hold back a lot because he knows of my trauma and my past. And so he's, he's very, he's very sensitive to making sure that I'm always comfortable. But with that, you know, now we're like exploring all the things and we get to have these open conversations and it, and at first it may feel a little uncomfortable, but there's, it feels like it's freeing. There's no, there's no like conversation that's off the table. There's no, um, there's nothing that feels taboo. It's like we get to just play and dabble and talk and and then be however we want to be. And so it's been very freeing for our relationship and our marriage. And not only is he excited because I'm finally on his level in this area, but it's exciting to me because I know that for at least for my spouse, my husband, he gets pleasure from seeing me have pleasure and he always has. And so that's kind of been a block from us because I've blocked myself off from really deep pleasure. And so he's kind of had to navigate that and he's done it beautifully, but he's definitely glad I'm out, out the other side of that. But it's it's now we just have the freedom to just really explore and and be how I think we were created to be together. I love that. There's no like restriction anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing sexier and hotter than like when you can fully experience pleasure and like men feed off of that. They feed off of a woman being in her pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that body worship. I, oh my God, that's like my favorite, most like turned on. That's when I get the most turned on is like when a man knows how to like fully like worship your body and just make you feel like you're this goddess. And he just off at like looking at you and feeling you and touching you. It's like, oh, yes, please. So good. And it's like the blend too of, at least in my experience, as like I have done the sexual healing work mm-hmm. of not being, having to be the good girl in the bedroom anymore. <laughs> and yes. like not feeling like, I remember like when I was in earlier college and I'd have like slutty sex is what I call it, but like no more dirty sex. And you feel so guilty after you feel bad, you feel used, you feel almost like in a way abused. And now it's like, I can hold the actual soul and like deep sex, Mm -hmm. the eye contact, the body chemistry, the feeling of souls, the uniting of souls that has expanded so much. But then also on the other side of that, I can have super dirty and slutty sex. And that fills that like tank for me too. And it just kind of depends on like where on the meter during that time I'm having sex, we're going to fall. But I think it's fun to like normalize. We get to have super slutty sex and super deep, passionate sex. And it doesn't have to be either or. No, they both can fill us. Yeah. And with that too, like the slutty sex, like you said, like in my promiscuous days, your promiscuous days, like our slutty sex times, you felt abused or used. And it's like, but now that we, you come out the other side of the healing work, the soul work, and you know, your truth, you know, your sovereignty, you know, like your place in the world, you know, like who you are. So you know that that's just one piece of you that you get to play in. And then you come back home. And you know, 
there's no assigned meaning outside of that was fun. Right. There's no, there's no shame or guilt or feeling of abuse or use. If anything, it's like, well, I just used him. Right. Like (laughs) if anything, it's like, thank you. Now I'm back to myself. I'm good. Like whatever. So it takes, when you do the soul work is when it takes out that shame and stuff, as long as you know, the reasons you're doing it, right. Like you're doing it to have fun, to play, not to heal or to numb out or, you know, get something. You do it from a place of already being full. You're not doing it from a place of it fulfilling you. Yeah. You're just like tapping into a frequency. Like when we meditate and we're like, what does my body need today? It needs peace. It's the same thing. Like what does my pussy need today? It needs to be choked a little bit and being taken from behind. It's fine. Like it just needs a little bit of that dirtiness sometimes. And there's no wrong. It doesn't have to feel wrong. No, no. Really important. And it lets us like play with creativity too, mm-hmm. in like those different archetypes. Like we get to be like the maiden and the mistress. We get to be like the seductress or like the inner flirt. Like you just start to play with all these different archetypes in your life in different contexts, even outside of the bedroom. And it's really fun to just be like, ooh makes life a little bit more juicier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you've been in a relationship like me for nine years, like you have, you, and we're teaching this, Danny and I have a course coming out. It's like, you have to spice it up because if not, you're literally in just a subconscious program, you know? And the same thing with, if you're just dating, like, you know, if you're in the dating realm, like you don't want to do the same thing with every date or you don't want to be the same, like you get to play and create your world. And that's within relationships in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom, everywhere you get to create it. So good. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret that I have not shared with anybody? Yeah. Like my first, I mean, I've shared it with Tasha and I've shared it with um, a couple of my friends, but I haven't shared it publicly. Mm. And my, what I channeled in Maui, actually one of my really best friends that uh, I had met in Maui had shared this piece with me. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm doing this. But then when I sat with it, I was like, actually I might. So I am committing to celibacy for a little while. Not celibacy, but like I still, of course, am self-pleasuring because like I get to connect to my pussy in all different ways and like spice it up because I think like with self-pleasure, we get like, it's just easy to like grab the vibrator. But when you, and then you use like men or dates to kind of get that fill of like newness Mm -hmm. and of course, I'm at a phase in my life right now where I'm really ready to call like my soulmate, my king, my partner, my forever person in. And so it feels like I'm just done. Like I'm just done with these like hookups. Not that they were ever, I never really did hookups. I mean, I did in early college, but um, lately it's been like, I've been dating people. And of course the people I've been seeing for like months, like we had intimacy, but it's like, I knew that they were never the one, right? Like you can tell right off the bat. So I'm committing to celibacy and just exploring myself and self-pleasure. I'm going to start with three months and just see how it goes. And then, you know, if I tend to meet my soulmate before then, it might change. But I think it's a really beautiful way to like clear out um, any energy that's not mine, you know? That's what I saw it as for you. I saw it as like you, like 
cleaning the castle for your king to come in. Like you're clearing out any energy. You're making all the spaciousness and making all the room for your king to come in and be able to fulfill that space, you know, instead of, and then what I saw psychically was like, instead of having these, and it's nothing against who you've been dating in the past, but instead of having the jokers there in the castle, like the old school jokers, like just filling space and bouncing around. It's like, yeah, y'all are entertaining, but like we need to clean the castle for the king to come in. Yeah. yeah, that is such a good analogy. That's what, <laughs> That's what I saw visually for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've been playing with, like I've been settling. Like we settle until we find our soulmate, sure. obviously. And so it's just like that point where I'm like, I'm not letting anybody enter me unless it's like the right man because... Yeah. You know, it's not that great of sex anyways, if it's not with your soulmate. (laughs) And and knowing like your body as well as you do, you know how to please yourself and to come to that space, pun intended, um, on your own, right? And then the men can be like, maybe, you know, there could be flirting here and there. But I think, I think for you, it's truly about like, that's how you're going to call in your, your king, because there's not going to be any confusion, about whose energy you're tapping into. It's like, once he comes into your life, like you're going to know it. Totally. That's, oh, I love that. I love that so much. Cause it's like when you're dating, you like sex complicates things with dating. It totally does. And I've heard that in movies before and I'm like, no, it doesn't, but it definitely does. Because I know that if I had not had sex with the previous men I've dated, we, our relationship probably wouldn't have lasted past a month. Like it would have kind of like fell off because we didn't have that deep soul connection because he didn't really see me for me. And I think this time I'm dating, it's going to be really seductive and sexy because it's like, I want to get to know your soul and I'm not going to give it up, you know, after date three or month one or whatever, I'm going to hold and make sure that you're the right person for me. And if they can't hold that, it's just a telltale sign that they're not for me. Absolutely. It's not like you're saying I'm going to wait till marriage. It's like, we're going to do this. Like, are you, you know, you in it to get to know me and Mm -hmm. then the, the sex that's going to come is going to rock your world, but that's a bonus. Like, and you Mm -hmm. have to, you have to wait for it, you know? So feels like a hair flip moment. Like (laughs) it's such an owning of like your power and your sovereignty. When at one point in my life, it was the opposite. It was like, because I was super prude, Mm -hmm. it was like allowing myself to like experience sex after my five-year relationship was empowering for me. Cause it was like, okay, I'm allowed to just have sex. I'm allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. But now after I've done the, you know, long-term relationships, the sh- more like the flingy type stuff, it's like, it's super sexy to be like, wait a second. No, the sex is off the table right now. Yeah. You have the power. Like, mm-hmm. and if anything, that'll be appealing to the right man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be like, Oh, okay. Like, and a, and a man likes a good tease, you know, but like, as long as they know that you hold the power in that, in that realm until you decide to hand some of it over right in the future. Totally. Yeah. There was something that like Melanie had shared with me, um, sometime last year, she was just saying like, when you, I think we were talking about dating or something. And she said, when you meet your soulmate, like the man you're about to like ride off into the sunset with, Mm -hmm. and you ask him, when is the last time you dated somebody? If his response was like two weeks ago, how would you feel about that? 
-hmm. And I was like, I'd probably feel like I was just another girl trying to fill space. And she was like, exactly. So she was one of the the people that really helped me or I was on my codependency, healing codependency as I was working with her. And so she really helped me heal through a lot of those layers. And so 2021 was all about like this independence and not feeling like I had to be in a relationship all the time and letting myself be in that loneliness and that aloneness too. Um, But it, it really healed that part of me that wanted to just if I want to attract in a man who's fully committed and ready, I can't be somebody who's jumping relationship to relationship because I'm going to attract somebody in that's doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you want somebody that's like solid in their own being and doesn't need, mm-hmm. you know, cause it is true when you see somebody bouncing around, it's like, well, do they need people? Cause like, or, you know, like, are they in that energy of like, they have to have somebody in their life to be happy or are they good on their own? And then, you know, cause yeah, think of the man walking in and you're like, how long have you been out of a relationship? And he's like, oh, it's been like over a year. And you're like, okay, it's appealing to know that like, there's not, there's that energy is not there, you know? Yeah. He's been working on himself and he's like, you know, just focused on meeting the right woman, not just a woman. Yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. So Thank you so much for this conversation. Oh it was my gosh, so good. Oh, I, I have so much to catch you up on behind the scenes though. Too. I know. I'm like waiting. I'm like boxer me right you after. Tell me like, okay, in six months after you've explored all this stuff, you're about to tell me we got to do another episode. <laughs> yes, totally. We, I'm so down for that. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm mainly on Instagram and it's just at echo summer hill and that's the, that's the place you get all the vibes, all the good stuff is on Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, but not really. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. And it's such a beautiful, your, your content. I always see it and your grid is so beautiful. It's like, yeah, just that like rose quartz, divine feminine energy, like your pictures alone. I'm like, Oh, I just need to like soak in this energy. It's like a crystal. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And you know, that page is new as of November, 2021. So it's like, it, I, I kind of went through this rebirth and I think every day feels like a rebirth at this point, but it's like this rebirth. And I had to have my, that new sacred space to just pour into my, my pure essence into. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Can I just ask you really quick, what was when you shifted? Cause I remember when you did that, you had opened a whole new Instagram can you share with us like what the meaning was behind that for you of like burning your old one down and starting? Yeah. New? And so I, I kept my other one for my spiritual community, like the, um, for, I have a I'm community called soul up. And so I kept that just as like a community page, like more of informational spiritual stuff. And the new page echo summer Hill is, is all of me, like my sacred space to not only for my offers and, and to sell what I'm, I'm working on or to, you know, client work or whatever, but it's truly that space to be all of me, to show up without any fear of like, if you're there, you're there because you desire to be there. Whereas the old page had a lot of stagnant energy because I've had it since like 2008 or something like that. And so it was like, it was time to shed all that old energy and to really step into a sacred space that I felt again, open and, and expanded and embodied in and empowered in to just be myself and to showcase all of me without 
again, that stuck energy from the old cage. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I feel that. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. I will link your page in the below if you're listening and want to connect. I'll link that all below for us. And thank you for this beautiful conversation. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Pleasure Queen podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to screenshot it and tag me in your stories on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at pleasurequeenxo. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all the new episodes that come out. I will see you soon.